We're in a super hyper competitive market right now. Everybody agree with that? Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals along with our unmatched marketing has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area. And this is how we do it. A lot of clients who are disappearing on you. A lot of clients who are disappearing on you and buying through somebody else, literally buying the same company. We've had all that happening last week. Multiple people want to get out of agreements, right? People who were actually working with somebody, signed with somebody, and bought with somebody else in the company. Now, if they buy with, in the company, and there's over 5,000 agents, what do you think the chances you got a whole lot more clients buying with somebody else behind your back that you don't know about? A lot, right? Now, what's really put the fuel on the fire is you have this super hyper competitive market when things are very intense to what's happening. They work with you, you write an offer up, right? They, they do an offer with you. It, it gets accepted or doesn't get accepted, what do they do? They panic and they freak out and they leave you. Multiple times this week, people want to get out of agreements. One of which had a successful offer accepted on a property. This past week, we had a client who was signed with us, worked with somebody, disappeared, bought with somebody else in the company, right? And so this is going to continue to happen more and more and more. Why? Everything's faster, emotions are faster, emotions are higher, clients are scared, clients are worried, and they think that you may not be the best one to help them out in the scenario. There's people are talking to you everywhere, they're scared, so when they're scared, what happens? They panic and they make very quick, brash decisions that a lot of times don't make any sense. AKA turning on you and who you are. Same thing happens on the seller side. Right, they quickly turn on you. They have somebody else tell them how things are. And so I'm just gonna talk about today, the client conversion. I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and analyzing it. Hey, what's our number one problem we had the last couple of weeks? And we had a big ch challenge with this, where people are trusting you, liking you, then all of a sudden they turn on you. It's because comp competition's higher than ever. You have a million different agents in here who aren't very good, but the only thing they can do is really bad mouth you in that terms. And so we have to be much better. I started this out as a client conversion triangle, I added a fourth piece that I think was really important based on what I've seen. And this is based on the feedback I get because anyone that wants to cancel or anybody that backs out, a lot of times they bring what to me? Their story about what the reality is that they're believing. Nine times out of 10 is not the, real, the reality. It's what they're believing or it's the lie they're telling themselves or telling me to try to get out of that scenario, right? But you gotta ask yourself, why does a client leave me? Why does a client not want to work with me? Why does a client ghost me? Why does a client, and this is somebody who've met with, articulated value, signed to an agreement, and all of a sudden they disappear. Has anybody had that happen? Everybody, right, has had that happen. And here's the thing, it's a you issue. It's not them. You have to understand that if I just check off the box that this them and they're crazy and they just went away, that's a problem with me, not them. I didn't do something that could have saved that person from them buying from me. This happens a lot. And so does that uncomfortable to kind of think about sometimes? Yeah, right? And so I have to look and understand what is it that stops them from wanting to continue working with me in that scenario? You could get away with it before when there's six months inventory, three months inventory, but when you're down to the time that we are now, less than a month inventory, everything is really hyper-focused. Meaning that there's a giant magnifying glass on every single thing that you do, everything that you say, and every way that you react to them. And so what do you think the first most important thing that they're looking at in you? Union is competency. What do you think that means? They're looking at you right now under a magnifying glass with a giant spotlight asking them, Are, is this the best person to help me out in this situation? Yeah, the market's, the market's so fast, they're going to leave you much faster. Yeah. 
with less issues. And so the number one, this is probably 80% of the problems that I see that actually get to me. Or if I find out why they bought with somebody else. It always, about 80% of the time, comes down to the competency. They think that person does not have the competency to help serve them. Is that true? Most of the time, no. But it's a belief they have that they're coming at you in that scenario. And one of the reasons I shared, I was just going to bring from this, right, is that here's the main thing you guys got to understand. This came from that copywriting book. People never, ever believe anything at first. People never, ever believe anything at first. What do you think that means? Even if they know it, they know it's hot, but they don't know if you're the best fit for me in this hot market. So if I know the market's hot and I'm from up north and you're slow, you're slow in response to me, you're slow in the way you talk to me, you're slow in how you show up with your energy on the phone, guess what I think about you? You're incompetent you can't help me in a quick market. Very, very important that you guys understand this and how important this is right now. And so the first piece is I want you to understand is every single second that you're communicating in any way, with anyone, both telephone, face-to-face, -face, text message, email, anything, you have to understand that you're on stage. What do you think that means? You're on stage. They're judging you the whole time, but I want you guys to take it deeper than that. What does that mean? Spotlight's on you. So if I'm on stage and the spotlight's on me, how do I act? If I'm, anybody been to a Broadway play or a play? What do you notice about everything that they do? It's much higher energy. It's times 10, right? I'm not necessarily acting, but if I come in there and do something boring, without my voice being up, without my energy being up, without overdoing it just a little bit, what I believe, I get tired, I get bored, I don't really pay attention to them, right? And so you have to understand, I see this a lot in terms, I'm gonna take this another second piece, but you have to understand that everything you do is on stage. I think a lot of people, they get comfortable, you met with them, they like you, they sign, and all of a sudden you go back to where? Right? Zero energy, being calm, being laid back, and guess what they need? They need somebody who's on stage. They need somebody who's out here acting, who's putting on this energy that's allowed me to understand every single move that you do is being judged. And so you have to have that intensity to understand, hey, look, the way I talk on the phone, the way I respond to them, the way I act in person, the way I look in person, the way I dress in person. I can't tell you how much feedback I've got from people who tell me how horrible the other agent showed up. They're wearing cargo shorts. They're wearing shorts. Right? They're wearing jeans, they're wearing this, whatever it may be in that scenario. If I'm meeting any client, I need to have business dress on no matter what. Period. Okay, you gotta understand that they're judging everything you, everything about you all the time. I want you to write the word spotlight. What that means, if I got the spotlight on me while I'm on stage, I gotta be on point. Every little thing has to be right. I have to nail it. Right? I want you guys to understand and think about that. This includes the second piece right here, which I think is very important is tonality. I'm noticing this a lot in terms of client conversion, both on the telephone, face-to-face, -face, appointments, all these things. What does that mean? Subconsciously, they're literally scoring you in their mind. They don't understand there's a score to it. They're scoring you. Hey, look, is this person good enough? Is Keith good enough to help me out? Can he stand the fight of what's happening right now in terms of what he has? So if I'm really uncertain on the phone, my energy is, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on. What, what, what do they feel subconsciously? Like you're, not you're not the guy. You're not the girl. They feel more fear. So if I don't have that naturally, I've got to do what? Dig down deeper and find it. I have to manufacture it. 
Why? Because they need somebody who's up, who has energy, who's able to push them and move them in this scenario. And what I got to do, I got to actually right now, I need to be able to track this. How do I track it? Record, 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 record. It's so easy to fall into that, myself especially, right? I have like very sensitive inner ears. So part of the reason I mumble a lot sometimes because it hurts my ears. But if I'm face to face with a client, what do I got to do? Make sure I'm going back recording it, listening to it. How am I sounding? How am I articulating the words? What are the words I'm saying? Because they're being literally scored in every single scenario and how I'm reacting to them. If we just had an offer fall through and I have to get on the phone with them, what do I need to make sure I have? Energy, great tonality, and i got to make sure I'm managing this because when you're losing them, a lot of times it can be if they get accepted or not accepted. Yeah. Or your third follow-up call after you sign them. So if I don't bring the energy on my third follow-up call after I've signed them, they're worried, watching everything disappear, disappear, disappear. Everything's great. Same thing with my listing agent right now. Guess what? This, all this matters. Why? Listings are more valuable than ever, more competitive than ever. Listing leads cost more than ever because that means more people are trying to spend money and get them. Not to mention people pumping in and getting real estate right now. Right? So it's very, very important to understand that, that piece. Third piece, I got this from Jordan, but it's very important. I think this is a big, big one right here. Number one, number three, you got to be sharp as attack. And I must be a force to be reckoned with. This is important. This is important. This is important. A lot of times you're signing clients, you're letting your guard down, and guess what? You no longer are a force to be reckoned with. You show up slack, you show up low energy, you show up late, show up in these places that aren't delivering what they're needing subconsciously to really think that you have competency that they want. I show up weak in fear because I'm worried about what they're going to ask me. Nervous. nervous, right? If I get a nervous agent, am I going to want to work with them? Not at all. I need someone who's a force to be reckoned with. And how they dress, how they walk, how they talk, how they show up. Everything matters right now. I'm just seeing this a lot, right? Now, this happens usually in multiple different places. One, after I sign them, between me signing them and re-showing them, right? Number one. Number two happens when I show them some stuff. I just watch because I watch all the, the overall communication are back in CRMs. And the third one that happens is when they write an offer, it doesn't get, get accepted. So the stories we have about them get out of the market is not a story that's true most of the time. Why? Because they have a desire to own a house. And so it's very important for us to understand that in that aspect. Fourth piece here, very important. This is one we run into a lot. One of the biggest ones, speed response. I'm telling you right now, when the market's hot and it's hyper sensitive and hyper competitive, I have to make sure I'm focusing my time on speed response. My client reaches out to me or requests something, I can't respond 12 hours later, five hours later. It's gotta be instant. Why is that? Because we're in a world where everything gets everything instantly. If not, they'll log around to Zillow or anything else, press the button, have somebody talk to them, literally connect them one to one. And so you gotta make sure that you're watching what's going on, what's happening. The problem with most agents is they're not really as busy as they think they are. And so I'm telling you, one of the most valuable things you can do right now as an agent is focus on your speed response to your clients, your leads, anybody else you're working with. How do I know? I watch their speed responses both on the back end of the systems, and I watch when they disappear. I watch them resubmit, and we've even had them. They'll submit their ask a question, go right to Zillow, ask a question, I had to pay to get that lead again a second time. So speed response really matters. You guys with me on this? Super, super important. And this I put here because this comes down to a competency issue. Why? That's what they think, right? For sure. And it's true. And so they're thinking, hey, look, this agent can't respond to me. I'm not important. I'm not a priority. 
I'm going to go find someone else who I am a priority to. And in case you don't notice, the boomtown will also track your speed response in the back end too. And it's not great. So we got to understand that piece of here, how well am I doing and what's my speed response been the past 60 days? Because they're on eggshells and they're, like uh, Keith talked about, they're very, very fearful. I need to help get that response back very, very quickly. You guys with me on this? Super important. Second piece of this, also builds on that. I've noticed this is number one complaint. I see what they're telling me in that piece. They don't say, hey, look, so-and-so is incompetent, but what they're saying, read between the lines, comes down to these really four things. Next piece here, running to. What do you think it is? Communication. Very important. The overall piece, communication, right? Our communication to people that are assigned is underwhelming at best. Underwhelming at best. So the first part here is it must be consistent. Very quickly, very often, a lot. Same thing on our seller side. We'll call them, we'll meet with them. They're not ready. All parties aren't there. Uh, whatever the reason is they couldn't sign the first time, then guess what? We call them one time, then what happens? Six calls, six days, one call. Finally give them the phone, uh, let's say, 12, 14 days later, and guess what? Already signed with somebody else. We had two or three just last week on the seller side. Why? Because the communication is underwhelming on the back end follow-up. It's got to be very, very consistent, meaning that when I'm signing somebody, when I have this client, if they're not local, they're not quite signed yet, there's a window I have that my communication must be very, very consistent, very, very concise. If you notice that, people work in windows. They're cold, cold, cold. They get hot. I sign them. What happens? There's a window I have, though, to convert them. The longer the time goes on, the smaller the window gets. But when that window comes, guess what? Anybody and everybody can convert them. That's the problem. That's my point. Most likely other agents. So it's hyper competitive on both sides right now because they're on your site and a bunch of other sites as well. About six, seven times a week I get a Zillow, I forward it to an agent and they say, oh, they're already in so-and-so's bucket. Look in so-and-so's bucket, guess what? When they called them, two weeks ago maybe. Rich had one last week, called him. Uh, Rich converted him, booked the appointment, went in there, they were already in the person's bucket, hadn't been called in what, like, what was it, like eight, nine days? I said, give it to somebody else, period. Why? Because they're not consistent in a buyer that's hot enough who calls in, doesn't even know your name, right? There's not enough consistency in the follow-up. Second piece, it must be clear. What do you think that means? Yes. Tying that into what? My competency piece earlier. So, hey, look, so-and-so, how's it going? How's the search going? Right, this is my client communication now. Or it could be someone who's on the verge. My seller, it's got to be someone who I maybe couldn't convert or get or they were a no-show or something like that. Must have clear communication in the back end. And it also must be, I'm going to combine this with the next one here. It must be multi-channel. I found out, I had a lady message on Facebook today asking about a, a listing or something on one of our ads. And uh, I went in there, I, I missed an e a message from somebody who messaged in wanting to get in touch with Mark because she couldn't find his email. Right? If they're having to go to our Facebook because they can't find an email from you, guess what that means? They don't have enough emails, texts, and phone calls from you. But I want you guys to understand that, like I mentioned last week, one of the biggest challenges you run in is you're telling the people, but they're not comprehending what you're saying. And so my communication has to be very consistent, very clear, and multi-channel. If I got husband and wife, Guess what I need to have in, in my, my back-end CRM? 
all their information for both of them in separate accounts that are linked together. Why is that? Because if one person is looking, you better believe the other one's looking. Last piece on this one here is it must be a lot more often. We're the most intense, hyper-competitive market that you could ever be in. People show with 30 and 40% in their bucket every week. Like, you ain't going to survive like that at a high level. Why? Because it's super hyper-competitive. They need, if they're a client of yours, you need to be talked to every single week. Over and over and over and over. Right? It's important to do in that scenario. But here's the thing. A lot of us thinking we're getting the job done. We're not. How do we know? They're disappearing going to somebody else. Or they're calling and saying, hey, I want to, I want to cancel my agreement with so-and-so. And so you got to make sure that you're very, very, very much on top of this. But just ask myself, is my communication underwhelming or overwhelming? I'll take overwhelming all day, every day. If people aren't getting pissed at you for calling too much and emailing too much, you're not even close to the plan of being enough call, calling back. It's got to be the right energy. Same thing for our seller calls. Why does the seller turn on us? Usually right here. This is where a seller turns on us the most. Communication in the back end, right? We're not clear. We're not concise. A lot of times this is where they turn on us at some point. Or we miss something or send a document late or whatever it is. This is where they, they, they judge us both in the seller side and buyer side. In my experience. Yeah, this is important. This is where the buyer fatigue comes in. So the buyer fatigue comes in, they wrote an offer with you, wrote a second offer, didn't get accepted, and all of a sudden what happens? You're in this man, no man's land here where things are a little iffy and they're starting to question what? Are you good enough to get me a house? It's definitely not their fault in their mind because most aren't clear enough in articulating why that hasn't happened yet. You guys with me on this? So when I get to that place when there maybe it starts to be a little bit uh, of, you know, I guess you say fatigue, even the seller side, right? Get a few showings, you get bad feedback, hasn't got the offer yet. So they start turning on you and they start saying, well, you know, I don't really, really want to keep my house in the market. I'm not really sure if I can find anything to buy. I'm just going to hold off on right now. That's what you get on the seller side, right? So there has to be this constant clarity of what's going next and you got to set the direction. This direction piece is tied to your competency here. If I'm not setting the next direction where we're going, they don't feel I'm confident. Offer gets rejected, doesn't happen, falls through. What do most agents do? They're defeated and deflated. They don't have any of this stuff over here. No tonality, no sharps attack, no force we reckon with, right? And so you're not clear on that. You've got to remind them here, IGU. What does that mean? I got you. Hey, I know we just had the offer not work out. I know we got outbid on that one, but I just want you guys to know I got you, and I make sure we can definitely get this house for you all in the next coming days, next coming weeks. It's tough housing market right now. We know that, but I'm by far the best trained and the best knowing the market numbers to get you where you want. I want you guys to know I got you. I'm your guy. I'm your girl, right? I'll make sure we get to that finish line together. They need that what? Reassurance. Reassurance. Very, very, very important in that scenario. Second piece of direction, they need to do something. What do you think it is? They need to know what's next. Hey, I know this offer didn't work out. I know we got outbuilt on that one. But don't worry. Here's what's going to happen next. We're going to keep looking. We'll make sure that we get you every property that's listed. I know there's less inventory right now, but the good news is the listings are still coming up. They're just going quickly. And so I'm going to keep sending you everything or we can make an adjustment to your home search in the areas, but just know they're going to keep coming out. We're going to find the next one for you. Here's what we're going to do next. Or the next offer we're going to make, we'll have to come above asking price, whatever it is. You got to learn from what happened and talk about what happened next. And if our people here are unrealistic, guess whose fault it is? 
my, 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 my. So I have to go back and say, what can I say differently to get them where they need to be to, to write the right offers and get it done unless obviously they can't qualify. And if that's the case, we're going to have to re readjust what their criteria is. Or, you know, just put it on the back burner. Make sense you guys there in that piece? Third piece of this, I think it's very important. Uh, I read this a lot in the notes where it drops off. I must maintain certainty in the plan. Certainty in the plan. What do you mean? Yes. We have setbacks, doesn't get accepted. They back out, they get scared. They back out an offer they made. I cannot allow them to see any chink in my armor. I must maintain certainty in the plan and certainty in my plan and certainty in our sales system. John and Mary, don't worry about this. I know it's a setback for us. Don't worry though, this happens all the time. Our system, our process is proven repeatable. It's gonna get you guys in that house and get you the best result, the best possible price of that house. We just gotta keep working and keep marching on. Give the motivation a quote, give something to them that you can articulate clearly on the phone. They have to feel it, they have to know that you're, now if you, here's the deal. If you only text message me through all these major things, what do I think? You're not confident. You're some kid who can't even pick up the phone to call me. I saw a meme yesterday that said, I like to assert my dominance over millennial real estate agents by picking up the phone and calling them to their text message, right? Pick it up, call them, talk to them. For your clients, that is. Make sense? Very, very important in that, in that scenario, that asset. Last piece here, I must remain confident in the challenges. Yep, and this also is also with a client. So Chris, I'm with a client. I was talking about this over the weekend. I'm with a client, and they asked me about a question. I don't know what I do. Yeah, so if you're not confident in yourself, can they be confident in you? And then it comes across to your client like you really don't know, even though they never asked a question yet. Does this make sense to you guys? Or what happens is they ask you a question you don't know, and what do you do? That's what I'm looking for. It's very simple. No matter what question you get from anybody, it's a writer downer. Hey, John and Mary, I don't know. That information is not public. I would not know that if I was not the seller representing them. But what I'll do for you is call and find out that for you immediately. John and Mary, that information is not public. I would not know that unless I was the owner of the property or working directly with them. Obviously, in this situation, I'm not, so I'll call them and find out for you. John and Mary, that information is not public. So I don't own the property, and I'm not representing the seller, so I would not know that. But what I'm going to do for you is find that out for you along with any other questions you have. Does that make sense? Because what I do there, I have to justify in their mind why I don't know that information. I have to close the loop. And so now you don't sit there like you're a deer in headlights when you get a question you don't know that's not on the MLS sheet or the tax records. Does that make sense to you guys here? There's public water and sewer, whatever. How much does it cost to get the sewer hooked up here? Whatever it is that's not on the MLS sheet. Hey, it looks here to me that, you know, John, that, that information is not public. And obviously I, I've done my research before we came here today. I wouldn't know that unless I was a seller or represent the seller directly. And so, obviously, I don't know the information, but I'll find out that for you immediately. All I want to do is make sure you guys have what? Massive confidence in what's happening. And so, I need to have a great objection handler to this. Take anything away from that today, I want you guys to start using that. John Merrick, that information's not public. I wouldn't know that unless I was a seller. And you, you can't do it as a dick. You got to be very like, nice about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at your sheet, play the game a little bit. I wouldn't actually know the information. 
uh, if I wasn't the seller, we're representing the seller directly. So obviously I'll have that in front of me, but I'll make sure I get that for you guys ASAP. Last piece here, what do you think it is? It's compassion. I must have compassion. Why do you think that's on here? Yeah, a lot of times I get complaints from people, guess what they think? I always feel like that, you know, so-and-so really cares about me, or don't, I think they don't really understand me. I think that we just don't really get along. I mean, whatever it is, same thing from uh, writing an offer up, and then them wanting to see a property. We talked about the example on Thursday, right? The guy who wanted to write an offer up on a property above, I'm sorry, he wanted to go look at a property above what he's qualified for, right? We've got to show them the peace, no matter how I cloud with them, number one, I've got to show them that I care. And for me to do that, what do I have to do? Before that, I have to actually care. I have to care about the people. Now, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know what? I, don't I struggle with empathy. What does that tell me? If I struggle with empathy and I can't get empathy, what does that tell me? So I've got to find empathy. Meaning do what? I dig. I find a way to like them. I practice. I learn it. I study. I find a way to connect with people. Very, very important. It's very, very important that. This is a piece here. Empathy. Also, it can be rapport, right? The connection piece will be next, but I actually had something here from this. People like people who are like themselves, those they would like to be, and those that like them back. Say it again. People like people who are like themselves, who they would like to be, or those that like them back. The easiest one for me to do is what? Find a reason to care and like them back. Now, if I look at them as commission amount or a dollar amount or whatever it is, what happens here? They feel that. They feel that. Your conversion to be down. Yes. Right? Which leads me to number two. There has to be a connection here. And I wrote this on here. I taught this before about conversion on the front end. This is conversion on the back end. So why do you think connection's on here? If we're talking about conversion on the front end, it's conversion on the back end. So if you guys remember, I led with connection when we talked about how to convert leads on the front end before. This connection to the back end, why? Yes, the key word here is I must maintain it. I notice this a lot of times, what happens? It's all good in the beginning, things are great, you have a couple hiccups, a couple speed bumps, you don't get them for two weeks, and all of a sudden, what happens to that connection you have? Gone. Gone. Vaporize. You must maintain that connection. This is where the hug fields come in. This is where knowing their kids' names come in. This is where knowing what their outcome is. This is where knowing what their pain is. Because I can reconnect to the pain and plug back in at any time. I wrote my notes here. I must stay plugged in. To who? My clients. But you have to build this muscle. For me, especially when I was doing listings, I would do three or four or five listing appointments a day. And I would go to house to house or whatever it was. And all of a sudden... I have to manufacture and find this way to have empathy to care what I do. Search for something I liked about them. Their, their history, what sports to me like, what I noticed in the house. I find, found a way to connect with them. They liked college football, had something about college football in there. Guess what I talked about? College football. Found a way to connect with them. Tell my story, right? All these things matter in terms of why I need to find something. Whether I told you guys before, if I have somebody I know from New Jersey, I'm telling about my friend from New Jersey. Got a really good friend of mine named Rob. He lives in New Jersey. He's got billboards everywhere. You guys see him yet? Right? Whatever it is now, I associate them with Rob. Now I have empathy and I care about them. It's a way to link up your mind, a way to have care, empathy. Third one here. 
I get this a lot from people when they complain about the agent to me, uh, is they, you need a deep understanding of their needs. A deep understanding of their needs. What do you think that means? So what do you think the complaint I get from people all the time is? I feel like so-and-so doesn't really understand what I'm looking for. I feel like so-and-so doesn't really. Now, here's the thing. You understand what you're looking for, but guess what? It's not even out there. It doesn't exist. But they don't feel that you understand why because you haven't taken the time to talk about it. And it goes back to, I think, the seven levels uh, of communication. It says, what? Seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. Seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. They need to know that you understand. So let me get this clear. It's super important for us to have 3,000 square feet, brick house, under 700,000. Right? In that piece. And then what do we do? Make it very clear to them, hey, there's the deal. Zach, I'm going to send you every single property anywhere that's all brick, 3,000 square feet, under 700,000. There's just one small problem with that. What do you think that is, Zach? There's not a whole lot of them. I know it's exactly what you want. I got that taken down right here in my notes, actually. Because I care about you and I care about this outcome, it's very important for me to help you understand here, especially considering the service you had for our country. A lot of times what they need ain't out there. So I need to slow down. Hey, here's, let me re-articulate what they said to me. Here's what they want. And then I'm going to tell them, hey, look, here's the reality of what's going on. In this conversation I have called the reality of the market. That makes sense? Super important, that piece. Fourth one here, I think super important. They need to felt heard. What does that mean, you think? They need to felt heard. This happens the most when people complain or unhappy. Most times they're, they're totally irrational and they live in a place of fantasy. But what's most important is for them to do what? Feel validated. Feel validated in what they're talking about. And feel that someone actually listens because they what? Care, Care about them. John Mary, I understand your frustration. I totally feel it. I get it. I feel the same way actually in terms of what's happened or what that scenario was, whatever it is. You know, but here's what I found, X, Y, Z. I can reframe that. That makes sense? A lot of times when it gets to me and people want to get out, there's something that they just didn't feel heard on, they didn't feel justified on. Sometimes they're totally rational, that's the point. But what happens is, these are small things that build up, build up over time, that create a disconnect between you and your client. They create a disconnect between the reality of what's going on and the fantasy that they're living in. And so everything, all these three pieces come back to, is this person the best option for me in my current situation, right? So should I use you and why should I continue to use you over anybody else? I think it's a big one for us right now because where we're losing a lot of people is the ones that are, don't really tell you, they just disappear. But if your communication goes dark and they don't respond to you, there's a part here you're missing. I spent a lot of time thinking about, okay, where is it? Initially, I had the communication out in there. I was like, this is a big one. This is by far the second most one. I went through all the things in my head. When do people leave? Why do they not come back? Why do they disappear? What are they complaining to me about? And it's usually one of these two here um, and a combination of these that are over here as well.